0: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you.
1: This could, could all go horribly wrong at any minute. Hello, one and all, and anyone else who might be listening. Welcome. Welcome to the 139th edition of Lewis Black's Rantcast entitled, You're Too Honest. Yes, a perfect title because really I don't have to worry about titles anymore, it appears. I get three or four a week now pouring in over the transom as I, and what is a transom anyway? I've I've never really quite known and I don't look it up, but, uh, and I'm not going to look it up. I don't really care. It just sounds right. And they, they come on in, and and this one was just too perfect. You're too honest. No, nope, not too honest, Mike Pence. That was the, and I will read this to you. The, uh, this was took place during the indictment. It came out this week. Uh, the, uh, the one in Washington, D.C., that had to do with January 6th, in case you've lost track of the indictments, because he's the indictable. Yes, he is. President indictable. Another one coming, and who knows how many others, once they kind of start looking at his tax things, and I'm just telling you, that's the, that's the one they're going to nail him on. That's the one I've always believed they're going to get him on is taxes. And so uh, the uh, there was a call that took place in, uh, on January 1st, right New Year's Day. They're both up and bopping around, not like the rest of us, who are laying around like slugs or watching a fucking football game. The call during which Trump berated Pence after learning he had opposed a lawsuit seeking a ruling on the vice president's authority to reject electoral votes. Okay, so the Pence had opposed this lawsuit. When Pence said there was no constitutional basis for him to reject the votes, Trump replied, you're too honest and I'm going to reply, you're too slow. Like Pence, you're too slow. You had to wait till the book came out. Apparently, it came out in the book. I did not know this because I didn't read the fucking book. Why would I read the book? They're on every day, going quack quack honk honk for a couple of years now. It's it, it just doesn't stop. And a, and a lot of it came out just at the tail end of the pandemic. Shit. And uh, he he had to wait until his book was published to tell us that that was the final thing. You're stacking up a whole fucking thing of shit that people, you know, they put these blocks up and see how high they can make something. And that was the last one for me. You're too honest. And it all fell down for me. All of it. It was like, what else does it take? Is he guilty? I don't know. All right? Do I think so? Probably. 90% 90% of the trials that go in front of a federal grand jury, the folks get indicted. Why? Because the, the case is by that point so locked in that, the, you know, that, the, that they're able to pursue it, nail it, done, bye-bye. All right? And uh, they're all – it, he's too – why did he wait till now to tell this? Now, would it have made a difference? No. Because people on both sides live in their own fucking reality, so it wouldn't have mattered. But it's pretty fucking extraordinary that that he uh, <clears throat> he had to tell the president of the United States about the Constitution. Would would it would it hurt any of these fuckers? Can they? If you're going to elect somebody president of the United States, can they spend at least a very nine week concentrated effort, uh, an hour a day, as I did? Uh, and longer, I think it was the whole year or at least a semester when I was in high school civics, because the, he obviously didn't know it. Right? He was listening to his lawyers. So so that he's listening to a group of, of, of lawyers. Who, it's that that's enough to make your brain just stop. Really You're listening to lawyers. And now they're screaming that uh, it's, uh, the Department of Justice is weaponized. I'm going to tell you something. I worked for the federal government for a year, okay? The federal government is not weaponized, all right? If they, if they, the people who work for the federal government, you have to realize, especially uh, when it comes to, to, to fucking offices like the uh, Department of um, Justice, all right, they're dedicated and believe in service. All right. And 99% of them. There may be the 1% who bring in the, the bullshit from either side. Maybe 2%, maybe 5%. But the people who take those jobs um, are not there weaponizing. Okay. And the folks in Congress fucking know that. And this is bullshit. And the, and the fact is, is that, uh, you know, he had tried to weaponize the the the, the Department of Justice. Uh, he, <laughs> the president, indictable, and um, he tried to weaponize it. Just and and if it's weaponized, I can guarantee they're going to find out. But chances are slim. I mean, he couldn't get it weaponized, and so that should prove to the uh, you know to the to the, the this Republican uh, you know. Folks in Congress, that it, it's impossible. But no, because the Democrats really control it. No, they don't. Mm-mm. They don't. It's called law. It's the rule of law. All right, take a civics class. You can't. What are we gonna? When at what point do we learn you don't elect somebody to office who doesn't believe in government? All right, it's that simple. You want you want government to work well, you you vote for people who believe that government can be made to work properly. And that's who you you elect, and you believe you believe in in, in uh, what they uh, what they are espousing, what they are for. All right, God, too honest. You're too honest. If the it would it, it would be one thing, and we wouldn't even be discussing this if um, if Donald Trump said, uh, "Am I too fat?" And uh, Mike Pence said, yeah, whoo, you're a beast. And Donald Trump said, you're too honest. Then, then we have something we can go with. And then we have something that makes them, you know, it's really human and understandable. But this, what he's responding to uh, is not uh, understandable. It's, uh, it's. He is He's pushing the limits there, all right? He's trying to make the Constitution work for him, which is, you know, I get that. But it, the Constitution can only be pushed so far, as we see time and again. Hence why we have a Supreme Court, and people are peeing in their pants over that. So, uh, and that gets us to, uh, you know, Roe versus Wade, which I'm going to try to just take a little slowly today. But, uh, wow. Let's finish up with the, uh, you're too honest. It was, it's absolutely extraordinary. All right. These people are, um, it, it, they they stand around and watch. Here's what has to happen. All right. I think my point of view, shut the fuck up until it's over. Unless there's some important piece of news. There's going to be another fucking trial and there's going to be another fucking indictment coming down. And whether it comes down on his head or not. It's going to come down about, uh, I believe, the uh, the last election. Enough's enough. Shut your fucking mouth until they bring back a, uh, a verdict. All right? Just shut it. Um, he's been in our face constantly for, uh, God knows, I, it just seems not like forever. I get that he was on TV, but once he's been elected to office, he cannot... Stay out of our face and um, and he is he's, and he's gonna come after us. He's gonna, he's gonna see this, he's gonna come after me. <laughs> God, I mean he he just and the and the and the Republican Congress just sits there and watch. Shh. Just shut up. Uh, really. Just shut the fuck up. All right? But we think those Democrats are really weaponizing uh the Department of Justice, we think, what do you think? Huh? What is it that you fucking really think? All right? Other than other than your political stance. You really think? God damn it, the one thing I know, the Democrats aren't smart enough to pull that off. They're not smart enough to be able to explain shit that they do. All right? They're not smart enough to somehow... Uh, point out really to those who who, uh, who believe it, that they're, uh, that they're commie lefty, lefty pinko, uh, you know, um, you know, they're anarchists. They've been, come on. They're basically, they're in a different corporate pocket for God's sake. All right. They can't even explain, you know, who and what they are. They can't explain when they have a law that helps people that it helps them. They this is the you know this it, that's why I know for a fact it's they didn't weaponize anything. They're doing nothing. He's even you know the, the ghost of Christmas Past isn't saying anything. Why? Because he can't. Because when you touch him, you, you can't hear him anyway. Because his hand is in his mouth. But by God, it's it's and I and I know that because I yell a lot. And then I find if I'm with people and, and uh, sometimes I'll say something and they don't hear it. And I think, why? I didn't speak loud enough. That's what we got. With, with Biden. Biden can't even speak loud enough to get that kind of, we're going to, we're going to, and they all went, wow, you want us to get him? And, uh, you, you know, make sure that the, uh, they do this. The Department of Justice uh, has a grand jury in Washington about January 6th. Is that what you think? Yeah. what Oh, wow. Well, we're going to get right on that. Yes, we are. All of us, we're going to do. They didn't. Nuh-uh. Didn't happen. Yeah, but he can't have a fair. Yes, he can have a fair trial in Washington. All right. It's a group of citizens. who And and when they pick the jury there, um, I believe, uh, if if I'm not mistaken, they basically go back and forth over picking who the jurors are. So stop it. All right. They're all Democrats. They're all commie fucks. Those those folks who live in the district, they want to turn that place into a into a giant socialist village. No, they don't. And you Republicans, the the Congress people, you know, it, it, it's crazy. You're in charge of the. Uh, you you're ending up governing for all intents and purposes by the budget, by budgeting um, uh, Washington. You know. You, you might want to kind of uh, not be screaming at them so that they might want to, you know, be going, yeah, I, you know, boy, that might be what you'd want to do is to go shh and not say anything so that they don't get upset. You know, because if they're if they're leaning the way you think they're leaning, it doesn't help to push them uh, that whole the whole the whole way there. All right. Just a tip. You know, the same way if you're, if you're, you know, if you're having trouble at the airport, don't scream at the ticket counter. Show empathy. Just They should be saying that. We know how tough this is going to be. It, these guys and in, in, in the women, uh, it's just beyond belief. Uh, so both sides, I'm telling you, sh- please shut up. Meanwhile, Sun, the uh, former chief of the Capitol Police, in, in an interview with of all people, Tucker Carlson, revealed Biden some kind of a right wing uh, group, uh, the, the interview that was done and never came out, that Sun believed that, uh, that there was a uh, conspiracy not to allow uh, the National Guard and others to, uh, to come to the aid. And, and I've always wondered, where, where did that investigation go? How was it that nobody showed the fuck up on January 6th? I'd like to know that. All right. I, and I'd like to have known that by now. All right. You can't you haven't enough to you having trouble in terms of the president, but you don't have to have trouble in terms of trying to figure out why the fuck there was no presence of the National Guard or a lot more cops. OK, I need to know that. We all need to know that. And it's not coming out. And there's no joke. There won't ever be a joke for that because uh, they don't we don't even know what happened. So you can't make a joke when you don't know what happened. You don't know how it was that, that there was uh, there that, that, that there was nobody there. It always, it always appeared to be there were like ten, uh, you know, capital p- policemen trying to stop that that mob, and it was a mob. And it and and anyone who says it's not a mob should have uh, reality training. Reality training, okay. Please, you see something, you're looking at it. All right? It's real. I'm so fucking fed up with two realities. It's fucking ridiculous. We're going to go nowhere. If you want to have an economy, you, you, uh, the, the people of this country have to agree on a reality. And uh, enough is enough. All right? You can't peg your reality uh, to your political beliefs. Okay, that's insane. We have to just stop it. Stop it. Grow the fuck up. Uh, and speaking of bullshit, the, uh, during a, the, the conservative group is calling for drilling more, drilling more and blocking anti-pollution laws. Is somebody kidding me? After this summer, Seriously, you don't see it? Even if the next summer is just great, even if the winter is great, all right? What you got was a uh, ooga, ooga, emergency on the horizon, emergency on the horizon. It's coming our way, and we've got to start dealing with it, all right? There's a problem, and we have caused it, and the problem's with the climate, and it's changing, and we're fucked. And we're not even fucked people our age, people my age, maybe even people over the age of 50, maybe 45. Um, But you're, you're not going to deal with uh, pollution. Really? Why don't you just go around your neighborhood and choke your kids? huh? Go to everyone with asthma and just punch them in the face. Why don't break their nose while they're at it? Fucking pricks. So what I'm talking about here is the uh, the move is part of a sweeping strategy, dubbed Project 2025, that gave a nice title that uh, Paul Danz of the Heritage Foundation, a conservative think tank, um, which is organizing the effort. Of, and I guess Heritage Foundation, they want, they want to go back to 1952. So... Um, What I'm talking about here is the Heritage Foundation, a a very conservative think tank, um, is uh, organizing an effort and is called for a battle plan for the first 180 days of a future Republican presidency. The plan calls for shredding regulations to curb greenhouse gas pollution from car, oil, and gas wells and power plants. (laughs) <laughs> to curb pollution. Well, you, 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 the regulations to stop pollution. It, it's why we've got kids. It's why people have asthma. And it's for people like me who's been hacking away through the show, who have an underlying condition. <clears throat> you heard the sound of it. It's the sound of an underlying condition. I don't need this shit. Or need it curbed. <laughs> I need regulations. So that I can breathe, you're gonna. Why don't you just go ahead, wander from village to dell, all right, Heritage Foundation folk? And uh, if you see a kid with asthma or someone elderly with a, you know, and a, uh, what's an underlying condition, choke them. Don't, don't, um, there's no need for the regulations. Just go choke these people to death, all right? That's simpler. They also plan on dismantling. The almost every clean energy program in the federal government, which is what the federal government's there for, because it has to be done uh, not on a state-by-state cases. It's got to be done through the country. All right? It's the only way it works. So you, when you travel from one state to the next state, uh, you can be assured of being able to fucking breathe. Um, and that doesn't even count the rest of the shit that, it, that this this stuff causes. And, uh, and uh, it also... Uh, Uh, They want to boost the production of fossil fuels, uh, the burning, which is uh, the cheap cause of planetary warming. All right. But we knew that, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. What did they think we went through this summer? Huh? What the fuck did they think this was about? This summer was the first shot over the bow. Hottest... Day ever. Hottest day ever. Hottest it's ever been on the planet. Hottest day ever. Next day. Hottest day ever. More hot than yesterday. More hotter than hot. hotty hot. Fuck hot. S- God. Sizzle. All right. The uh, Greenland is uh, melting. Uh, we are losing. Um, Lake Mead, as I said, is uh, literally uh, it's a bowl of soup. With uh, some bone marrow left in it, it's a teacup. That's what's left in uh, in Lake Mead, and I can remember going by there years and years and years ago. And massive amounts of water gone, but don't worry about it, Heritage Foundation. And I'm I'm sure the kids are going to love the whole idea, you know, as they look toward their future. They're really that's the kind of thing they want to see from the uh, the adults, right? The children are telling you, and you're not fucking listening. Oh, well. So let's end with a lesson learned. Well, Let's hope so. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one who's learned it. Uh, but uh, Jason Aldean uh, wrote a song. I heard about it just uh, last week, and uh, he's a country and western star. The song Try That in a Small Town, and uh, it's a uh, peon to neighborly values, but critics have described it as a call to racist vigilantism. And it opened at number two on Billboard's Hot 100 chart after its music video became a culture war battleground. Now the song has ascended to the peak, becoming the first number one single on Billboard's all-genre singles chart in Aldine's nearly two-decade career as a top Nashville hitmaker. Uh, just two weeks ago, before the controversy began, the song was posting minimal numbers, minimal numbers. But in its most recent week out, it garnered 31 million streams, sold 175,000 copies, and reached a radio audience of 9 million people. The song has stirred debate. Uh, Aldine doesn't feel that uh, it's a pro-lynching song. <laughs> wow. Or the race plays any part in the song lyrics. They, there was footage of uh, six seconds of Black Lives Matter, apparently, in it, and they uh, cut that out. They took the music, country music uh, TV to, showing the video, took that out, and, or they agreed to take it out, I don't know. And uh, once you say that something is horrible and you shouldn't listen to this, and this is terrible, every step of the way what will happen is, is that people will go to it. They will glom to it. What? What, what is it? What is it? It's same thing occurs. Uh, it's like it, 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 it harkens back to the moment of Janet Jackson that her breast was exposed during the... Did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? It's so horrible. This is horrible. This is horrible. You don't... You, it, 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 let's show it again. Let's show it again. Let's show it again. And then you kind of... You know, so you, they didn't want this folks to know about this. So there's a, the group who, who doesn't want people to listen to it. By telling folks that it's it, they shouldn't listen to it, really, then they're going to listen to it. And so the people that are going to agree with you are going to listen to it, and then there's the people who hadn't even heard of it, who it might appeal to. And you've just sent a whole group of people there to listen to it. Okay. Maybe next time, Shh. just let it die with the mediocre numbers. No need to point it out. Not enough people listening for you to worry about it, but that's just my opinion. Along with the million others I've shared today. And it's been a pleasure. Really. I do wish it was funnier at times. I, God damn it. I think I had a couple of moments in there. Uh, but, uh, I'm I'm so glad that you, many of you find this uh, something that you enjoy spending time listening to. It certainly is uh, great for me while I'm away from the road uh, to be able to spend this time with you, and I love reading these rants. There's some great ones coming up this week. I think you'll enjoy them. Take care of each other. It's been a privilege and a pleasure spending time with you. Have a great week. And here's to... So maybe lower humidity and uh, and fresh air, and uh, maybe they'll even put out the Canadian fires this week. Wouldn't that be a treat? Certainly not a not a, no reason that we should stop uh, burning as much fuel as possible. So we, once those forests burn down, everything will be there'll be fresh air everywhere. Fresh air for everybody. Fresh air. Take care. Aha
0: In just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: What can I say? What can I say? There's finally, finally a bit of magic in Camden Yards and uh, that Vicious, vicious Oriole. Biting, biting away at, the, at that uh, American League. Just biting, biting, biting. Beat Toronto last night. Mm-hmm. Huh. Oh, more than I can take, uh, really. I My heart is racing. I don't even... I'm supposed to read these rants. I don't know if I can. We'll try. Here we go. So I asked if uh, any of you out there had some thoughts on... Uh, what the benefits of slavery might be. And uh, Bradley Grower is throwing this in uh, his contribution. <laughs> the top 10 benefits of slavery. One, never having to leave a tip after a meal. Two, if you get lost, a pack of dogs will be sent to find you, like AAA with teeth. Three, Nudity at public auctions is not only acceptable, it's expected. Four, plenty of time to work on your tan, six days a week from dawn until dusk. Five, never having to wear shoes that don't fit or even ones that do. Six, close personal relationships with others in the industry who actually pick lice from your body. Seven, absolutely no pressure from anyone to obtain your diploma or GED. Eight, no expectations ever expressed by your family regarding future home ownership. Nine, it's totally cool if you forget somebody's birthday since you can't read a calendar. And finally, never having to worry about dropping the soap in the shower because there is no shower. And there is no soap. Thank you, Bradley. And um, for those of you who that might be upset, I think you don't get the basis of the joke here. And it's yeah, that's it's rugged. <laughs> those certainly seem to be uh, the top ten benefits of slavery, Bradley Grower. I appreciate your uh, the thought you put into the subject. Uh, thank you. Leonard Andrzejewski, or Andrzejewski, uh, if I even came close there, uh, went one step further uh, than the benefits of slavery. He went as far as to discuss the benefits of antebellum hangings. Yeah, you heard me right. Um, And this could be showing up in the Florida curricula, I would imagine. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't put anything past them now. Not, not even close, in order for them to top the benefits of slavery. Um, this might be where they'd have to go. And, if I'm, and for those of you who can't handle it, uh, wow. They brought many hardworking farmers together in a celebratory atmosphere. People strengthened bonds, mixed socially, and discussed religion. The second, they advanced the cause of women's suffrage, evolving until they had voting rights. The menfolk began listening to women and granted their wishes. The third being exposed many people to the art of barbecue through the sale of edibles at these events. Even today, almost 200 years later, it is still a culinary trend. Four, encourage professional singers and actors to produce some of their greatest works. For example, the fabulous singer Billie Holiday Recorded strange fruits. The award-winning actor-director Clint Eastwood filmed *Hang 'Em High*. I could go on more and more, but I think you can see the many benefits of these get-togethers by now. Thank you, Leonard. Uh, I'm sure I'll be hearing about this one way or another. I appreciate you sharing what you see as those benefits. I mean, it's you've kind of got to go there. I mean, that's the next step. If you're going to be talking about the, if you're going to be talking about the benefits of slavery, then you've opened the door to a kind of a bizarre satire that's so dark. Um, I'd call it anxiety satire. That's what I'd call it—the satire of anxiety. Maybe that'll be the title of my next book. That'll sell big one. <laughs> Spencer Seymour's had enough and shares his anger with us. Lewis, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, but the indication I've gotten from watching your comedy for many years is that you don't like politicians. Mm, True. Assuming I've understood your words over the years correctly, I agree. Generally, politicians range from stupid to weird to, in the case of of the majority of American Republicans nowadays, absolutely fucking cray-cray. However... Being a Canadian, I've noticed a disturbing trend recently of how some of my fellow maple syrup guzzling legal marijuana smoking generally polite and reserved goofballs discuss our prime minister, Justin Trudeau. Yes, I just read Justin is uh, getting uh, a divorce, he and his wife. More and more of the conservative viewers of Canadian politics are calling Justin Trudeau a dictator. Yep, Justin Trudeau, according to some Canadians, is a dictator. Hitler, Mussolini, Justin, holy shitting Trudeau. What the fuck strain of legal Canadian pot are these people smoking? Let's be clear. Trudeau is an absolute knob. To be honest, you'd be hard-pressed to find a dumber person in the entire country than Trudeau. Though, interestingly enough, the Conservative Party has managed to do exactly that in their last three leadership races. But that's beside the point. Back to dictator Trudeau. Look at the photo of Trudeau, of Justin sometime. He looks like a waiter at a steakhouse who spends too much time talking to you about your weekend plans when you just want to order a sirloin. It looks like he wakes up every day and accidentally takes a laxative and spends the rest of the day trying not to shit himself. He looks like if a crab singles cheese slice, wished to be a real boy. <laughs> Trudeau is an absolute flaming moron, one of the dumbest Canadians walking from Halifax to Vancouver. Truly the dipshittiest dipshit you could ever hope to meet. But a dictator? Holy fuck. These people have lost their goddamn minds. People who have no concept of what living under a dictator is really like. You're confusing a dictator with a dickhead, you lunatics. The best part of all this, you ask? Some people have actually developed a nickname for dictator justice. Instead of prime minister, and you may want to sit down or stick your head in the oven for this, they've started calling him the supreme minister. There isn't enough legal pot in the world to make that make sense. Well, Spencer, you've certainly made some sense and been very, very funny along the way. Craft cheese slice wants to be a a boy wow a real boy Justin Trudeau the dictator unbelievable he, he went to charm school okay I, I think nobody acts like that the way he does unless you go to charm school or did they even have them yeah of course they do they probably still have charm schools thank you Spencer Louis, why are there so many white people on TV hunting for ghosts? Seriously, what the fuck? And no matter which series, they're all the same. A group of dumbasses is always slowly stumbling around a house with a flashlight rather than, you know, turning on the fucking lights. And one of them will stop and ask, did you hear that? No, no, I didn't hear shit. There's an idiot carrying a huge boom mic and yet nothing is ever recorded on camera. She didn't hear anything. Shut up already, stupid. Then there's the moron using a spirit box, which rapidly switches between radio stations and ghosts allegedly communicate through it. The ghost hunter will ask it questions until, surprise, eventually a voice responds with one word and they all go ballistic. Of course you're hearing voices, fuck nut. The damn thing uses radio frequencies. They see particles floating around from a night vision camera, but they swear it's orbs. Not dust, hell no. It's definitely orbs. Orbs, you fuckers. And then there's the stereotypical REM pod. It's basically a children's toy that apparently lights up and beeps if there's spirit engine energy nearby. These sitcom rejects will stand around it until... Cue the pulsating lights and beeping, followed by the overacted flip-out as they lose their shit. But where? Where is the goddamn ghost, Lewis? There are hundreds of these shows, and not one ghost has ever been captured. Fuck me running with scissors. Seriously. Huh? Finally, and most poignantly, I'll end this. What really makes me want to go outside and kick a fucking kitten into the hedge is this question. Why are the ghosts always, always dramatized wearing period clothing from the Victorian era? There's never a ghost from recent decades wearing familiar clothing, doing a modern hunting, haunting. Just once I'd like to see a ghost depicted wearing a Taylor Swift T-shirt, fucking floating and texting. Brandon, I enjoyed that immensely. And uh, I have... um, I've, I've gone through what I consider to be, I I mean, I didn't see the ghost, but um, we had a theater in, a um, number of us in uh, in Colorado Springs, Colorado. We were uh, sitting downstairs in the theater and there's a piano upstairs. The man who had built that theater had died in a car accident. And uh, there had been a couple of times where some of the the folks in the, in the theater company had It had some things that they thought appeared to be, uh, might be from him, uh, but didn't see him. But there was, you know, something had occurred. That's weird. Well, this was the weirdest that I know of was, is that um, we heard the piano playing, heard it playing, walked upstairs, heard it playing, um, got to the back of the house and kept hearing it play just for about another 10 seconds. It was, that was a little weird, to say the least. I'm not, say, I'm not saying, I not saying i do not know. It's, yeah, so it wasn't like a mouse running across it. Here it is, or a giant rat or a beaver. <laughs> the, uh, we were on the mountainside near the woods, um, but it was strange. But I've never seen one. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. And, uh. Thanks for reminding me of my time in Colorado Springs. This came in from a very funny friend of mine, Nancy Stanley. Uh, She's a comedian and a terrific teacher. I'm a baby boomer myself, so this isn't a screed against my entire generation, just that subset of boomers. Seems like mostly men who write dumb fucking things on social media whenever the topic of college loan repayment arises. Shit like, well, maybe if they stop spending so much on avocado toast. Or, lazy kids, I didn't expect anybody to pay back my college loans. Or, maybe they should just put down their phones and get jobs. I get that we're a nation that doesn't like facts anymore, but there are a few things you mouth breathers need to wrap your truth-resistant little little minds around. First, if you went to a state school in the 60s, 70s, early 80s, you took a huge handout for your education. During that time, state revenues typically covered 60 to 80% of university budgets. Now it's common for states to kick in less than 15%, meaning the difference has to be covered by tuition increases and donated money. So just stop with your fake bootstrapping scenarios, you assholes, because you got a much bigger subsidy than today's average college student can even imagine. Your society made it possible for you to afford college, and you didn't even know it. Second, If you got loans during those decades, the terms were always to your advantage. Now kids pay higher than the prime rate with interest starting the day they graduate, sometimes even before. You got low rates, suspended interest and liberal terms for repayments, but yet don't want your kids and grandkids to get the same? What a piece of shit you are. This goes double for those of you who have the means to help kids or grandkids, but insist they take on the debt to get their education, thinking it's some sort of a lesson they need to learn. What a shitty parent you are, consigning them to lives of debt so you could go on that safari or pay the Airbnb mortgage, which, by the way, also screws up the chances that they'll be able to afford to buy a house or even rent something reasonably. Boomers have made it impossible for kids to get anywhere. We dicked around so long with the politics of climate change that we missed our window for preventing it. We elected irresponsible leaders who made facile policy decisions because it was better for us in the moment. We let hypercapitalism eviscerate the middle class and any semblance of equity. And even with all that, we continue to make our own active lives incredibly comfortable while taking away every single building block that would afford a future generation the same standard of living. Things like real minimum wage increases and practical student loan forgiveness. A lot of you seem to think that younger generations aren't ready to leave, but Jesus Christ, could they do any worse? Do you selfish fuckwads know that one out of five college students in this nation regularly faces food uncertainty? That a semester of textbook textbooks easily, easily exceeds a thousand bucks. That their student worker wages have roughly twenty percent the buying power that yours did. I've taught at universities and community colleges for more than twenty-five years now, and I'm here to tell you that I have never seen a group of students so frightened, daunted, and anxious about the world that we're leaving them. They are also more serious about their education, kinder to each other, and relentlessly hopeful that they can turn some of this around when they finally pry power from our cold, dying hands. As far as I'm concerned, young people are fucking heroes. And they deserve better than the ignorant musings of boomers who can't be bothered to learn about the real circumstances of their life, but always, always, always have a derisive comment or nasty meme to toss their way. Fuck you. And the Tesla you wrote in on, boomers, do better. You done quite good, Nancy. Nice to hear from you, and well put, well said, and I enjoyed reading it. Thanks a lot. Thanks to all of you for listening to my Rantcast. If you have a rant you want to get off your chest, send it in to me at lewisblack.com forward slash live. You can think of it as therapy, or whatever you want to think of it as. Just let it rip. And I want to thank the true stars of our show, the ranters, blended rants they gave us. Louis Black's Rantcast was created and hosted by me. Aha, ha, Louis Black. Our live rant audio was produced by James Salter. Our theme song by Chris Lane. Executive producer, Ben Brew. Executive producers, Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcast.